Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And uh, for those of you who are longtime listeners, who I think would be our only listeners at this point, because no, <laughs> no one knew is joining. Uh, uh, not, not at the moment. You'll recall that we have been going back through historical ASU teams. It was something we started doing during the pandemic when there was less yes, football yeah. and less live right. news. Right, right. An idea born out of the Pac-12's cancellation of the 2020 season, which, of course, then mm-hmm. there ended up being a season. So mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't get that far. We got through 2009, I believe. Yeah. So we're back today. We're going to talk about the 2010 team. Uh, it is the fourth season under Dennis Erickson. Noel Mazzoni's the offensive coordinator. Craig Bray's coordinating the defense. Yeah, uh, yeah. Stephen Threet is leading the team. To... Yes, yes. I was gonna say if we if we set the scene, we remember a good first year under Dennis Erickson, a really disappointing second year, and then a fairly expected but bad third year. Mm-hmm. in 2009 came into this year not a tremendous amount of expectation but a hope i think there was more you know because of steven three he was billed as uh an impact transfer quarterback we could discuss him at length as we as we go through this um and there was hope that you know okay we were gonna was this mazzoni's first year i believe so i thought so too i don't i don't recall him being there in 09 so you know that uh, that was supposed to be at least a shot of life in mm-hmm. some ways, an offense that had been really bad in '08 and '09, but especially '09 um, was supposed to take a step forward, and in some ways did, uh, but it wasn't quite enough of a step forward ultimately. Well, I, and you'll recall that this was part of the era of Dennis refusing to play the quarterback who people wanted him to play. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Stephen Threat um and and we probably it's been uh, it's been over a year since we talked about 09, but I I'm imagining we talked a bit about this in the 09 recap that uh you know, one of the reasons it felt like that Danny was the quarterback for most of 09 was almost an uh, an obstinance toward playing Brock Osweiler who was mm-hmm. a true freshman then going into a sophomore year now because it was assumed, and I think probably correctly, that, that Dennis had promised the starting job to Stephen Threat in order to get him to transfer here. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, dating us a little bit, uh, you had to sit out. Stephen Threat was on the team in 2009, but you had to sit out a year. So he wasn't mm-hmm. eligible, and 2010 was going to be his first year eligible for us. Yeah. So Osweiler and Threat were both with the team. Threat was named the starter. It wasn't that competitive of a battle no. from the public perception anyway. Uh, everything Dennis said made it seem like Stephen Threat was going to be the guy, and then Stephen Threat was the guy. Exactly. Exactly. So, and he got um, a, a soft schedule to open. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was one thing I had to remind myself today. Um, we opened with back-to-back FCS opponents. Mm-hmm. And I had to go back and do the research as to why uh, San Jose State was supposed to be our opener, I believe. And they backed out, weirdly enough, I believe, to play Wisconsin, who was our third non-conference opponent that year. Um, and we were left scrambling and ended up having to schedule a second FCS opponent, which plays into how this season ended. Because, of course, you could only count one at that time toward bowl eligibility. And, well, 
we'll get to that, I guess. Yeah. Well, let's run through the schedule and then we can go game by game. So yeah, as you alluded to, we opened at home against Portland State. Comfortable win, 54-9. Then NAU at home the next week. Another comfortable, but not as comfortable win, 41-20. Right. to Then things got weird. We go to Camp Randall Stadium and lose by 1, 20-19. Yeah. We return home against Oregon. Number At the time, Wisconsin was number 11 in the country. Oregon at the time, number 5 when they came to Tempe. Oregon yep. won 42-31. Then we traveled to Oregon State, which was, is, and always will be a terrible place for ASU football to play. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We lost that by a field goal, 31-28. We then go to Husky Stadium to take on Washington and win that game on Fox Sports Arizona in front of a capacity <laughs> crowd of 65,000. Yeah. Uh, so right there, we're 3-3. Three and three. We've beaten only Washington, who was okay. Right. Um, but we're at the midpoint of the year. We're 3-3. Three and three. We're feeling all right. We travel yeah. to California, get boat raced Housed. by the yeah. Golden Bears. Yeah. 50-17. to 17. But then, in a stunner, we come back home against Washington State, and we beat them 42 nothing. We do. We do. <laughs> Uh, I'll save my commentary as we go game by game, but yes, yeah. that is correct. So we're sitting at four and four. We're four and four. We travel to USC, lose by a point, thirty-four, thirty-three. Uh huh. Come back home to take on Stanford, needing to win out. Yeah. And we don't. The number seven Stanford Cardinal win seventeen thirteen. Then we do go the rest of the way with a. 55-34 win over UCLA and then travel to Tucson and in double overtime yeah. beat the Wildcats 30-29. to Yeah, yeah. So we we went through it and, and memories come flooding back to me as, as you just mentioned the games. Now I will say a couple of these, and I'll call them out as we go, are ones that like I have very little memory of. Mm-hmm. But... What I remember most of this season, and I, I, you know, I alluded to this when I texted you about it this morning, is, you know, we've had we've had good seasons, we've had bad seasons. I don't know if we have had a season that was as bizarre as this one since 2004, because it was bizarre. There are some weird oddities to this season. Yeah. Well, I think, look, the NAU game was not the Portland State game was not that Wisconsin game. Yes, that's you know. where it started. Yeah, we start 2-0, and which we should have started 2-0. and mm-hmm. Now, the NAU game, you point out, you know, it wasn't as comfortable. It was 27-20 after three quarters. Mm-hmm. We got two touchdowns in the fourth and pulled away, and, you know, but that was that was an ominous sign of the season to come. But still, we were sitting there at 2-0, and as we should be. But going to Wisconsin, tough place to play. They were, what, number 11 in the country at yep. the time? Um you know, and, and in the midst, uh, I believe that year they ended up going to the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think that was the year they played TCU in the Rose Bowl. Uh, so, I mean, this was a good Wisconsin team, obviously. And I remember going into the game thinking, we are going to get destroyed. Like, this could get really ugly really fast. And it wasn't that at all. We were probably the better team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we lose, as you mentioned, by one point on a missed extra point. 
we score what should have been a game-tying touchdown with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter, miss an extra point. And then, and I don't know if you remember this, remember the kickoff return right before halftime? Yeah. DeAndre Lewis. Tackled at the half-yard line. Wasn't even tackled, I don't think. Wasn't it? What Didn't he lose his footing? Shoved, no, I, I thought he was like shoved out of bounds or something. Maybe it was so, I, I, it's Along the sidelines. I think there were two things in that game, if I recall. I want to say DeAndre Lewis had a long run that he got stopped short. And we settled for a short, field goal. And I think we settled for a field goal, yeah. And remember, this and is then, Steven Weber. That's right. That's right. Yes. Um, and that might be, I'm looking here. Weber had a 25 yard field goal in the second quarter. That might be that time. Mm-hmm. And then I want to say maybe it was a punt return or kick return right before the half. And I think it was actually Kyle Middlebrooks was the returner and just tripped over his own feet. If I mean, if memory serves, like he, he just, like he got his feet caught up and he went down just short of, you know, and, it, and of course it was right before halftime. So we didn't get anything out of it. Mm hmm. So it was it was such a bizarre game because, you know, by the end of the year, it was very clear Wisconsin was the better team and going to Camp Randall is not easy. And, you you know, logic would tell you we should have lost that game by, you know, two or three touchdowns. But if you watch the game, you'd say ASU was the better team and should have won. Yeah. So then we come back home. We're taking on the number five Ducks. And do you remember who was in the house for that game? Me and your dad. You and my dad, correct? Yes, I was. I was working for ASU, mm-hmm. and yes, you and my dad watched the the Ducks, who ended up going to the national championship game that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another very good team. This was, to me, the defining game of the Stephen Street era. It was. It was. It, it, it ASU was in it. And in it, and in it, and Stephen Three kept taking us out, and taking us out, and taking us out. Oregon with four interceptions. Yeah. Even though, even though ASU kept Lamichael James in check for Oregon, you know, adjusted in check with a hundred right. rushing yards. Um, you know, Darren Thomas under three hundred yards passing. But and, and remember, you know, to put it in historical context, the previous two times we played Oregon at home, we had been absolutely rocked. Mm-hmm. 06, they beat us, I think, 48-13. to 13. Our only touchdown was a meaningless kickoff return touchdown late in the game. 08 was, was a laugher. They just romped over us. And, mm-hmm. and it, you felt like that was going to happen again. And it did not. We were in that game. You are exactly right. Like, it was a game that was very gettable. We just and kept going, waiting for something to happen. It was 28-24 at halftime. Yeah. And, and it was just like any time there was any momentum, three would get picked off. And they were not, you know, 50-50 balls in traffic. He was no. missing wildly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm. so you said it was 28-24 at the half. Yeah. So I'm looking at our our possessions in the second half. Third quarter... It opens with a drive down to the two. We fumble, lose the ball in the two. First and goal at the two. Cameron Marshall fumbles. We lose the ball. Uh, our second drive is a punt. No big deal. Okay. Then they score to make it 35-24. Then we punt again. Third drive, we fumble again. 
Uh, okay, so 42-24, they go up. When does the three-interception train begin? Well, there I think is. we get, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there it is. So we go to 42-31. Uh, it's a two-score game. So. There's plenty of time left. We're still in the third quarter, end oh, of the third. Oh, very much. I remember the game. I mean, we kept getting the ball back, and it felt like if we could just score – which we were moving the ball. That was the thing. We already had 31 points. It wasn't like a, you know. And, and we should have had was, more because we fumbled inside the five. Right, right. So it wasn't a, you know, 20 to 7 game. It was like, oh, if we could just score. Like, yeah, well, you know, if this. I mean, no, we, we had it. So three gets picked with 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, down 42-31. Three gets picked with seven minutes to go at the 11-yard line. We were in scoring position at that point. Mm-hmm. Still down 11. Uh, and then desperation time at that point, but three gets picked again. Three straight drives end with interceptions down by 11 points. Yeah. And it, it just, you know, it was one of those times, and you know it as a fan, where it's like, hey, all we need is one of these to work. Yeah. yeah. We at least would have had a chance. Just, you know, we would have, we I don't know if we would have won the game. Well, and, and the other thing like, is, the you know, we you know, were in the mix. This was prime time Oregon, and yeah. and we held them to fourteen points in the half. Like that, yeah. That defense yeah. did enough. Agreed, agreed. You know, and, and again, this was an Oregon team that didn't they go undefeated in the regular season? Yeah, they lost in the title game to Auburn. So this was a very good team. Uh, I mean, it was pre Mariota. Darren Thomas wasn't as good as Mariota, but he was a very good quarterback. And, you know, they had Lamichael James who. That might have been the year he was a Heisman finalist. I know he was one at one point. Um, I mean, it was it was a very good team. And, it, you know, so it was one of those that were sitting there two and two after that game and thinking we have two wins over FCS opponents, nothing special. But we have two very competitive losses to, you know, teams that ended up the year finishing in the top ten of the country and were, were that good when we played them. It's not like, yeah. you know, we didn't know they were good. Very weird first four games, and again, it just continued. Like yeah. you thought, okay, we could get hot, we could do something because if we can compete with these teams, we should be able to, you know, beat just about anybody else on our schedule. Yeah, it didn't turn out that way. So Oregon State, you know, we travel there, and it it goes about like how those games go. We get down twenty four fourteen, we make it a one score game. We get all the way back and wind up losing by a field goal, and it's like, well, you know, what you know, what do you do yeah. at Reezer? You you make it competitive late, and you lose. Yeah, this is one as I said before. This is like there's a couple games I have no memory of. I have no memory of this game whatsoever. So, I, mean, I know it was a road game, so I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But was it on TV? Does it say if it was on TV? Uh, this one was on Fox Sports Arizona. Okay, so I'm but sure it was I an, it. But it was an afternoon kick. Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, so October second, twenty ten. I, I mean, I was I was still you know working with ASU at that time, so I'm sure I watched it. I wasn't. This was you know before I worked for the Cardinals. I wasn't traveling, so I I have no doubt that I watched it. But boy, do I not have any memory of it. Completely gone. Well. It's probably good you blocked it out because I guess I mean it. You know, I'm looking at the box score. Fairly, 
kind of routine, uh, you know, like just kind of one of those games that almost like when you simulate the game on Madden, like, you know, all touchdowns and field goals, no weird oddities. We mm-hmm. get a touchdown with 251 to go to get within three points. And I don't know, did we ever get the ball back? I'm not sure. I don't believe so. Again, my memory is, is vague. Let's see. Drive chart. We did get the ball back with, uh, well, very little time left, under yeah. a minute. And guess what? It ended with a Stephen Three interception. Mm-hmm. As, so there you go. As you do. <laughs> so then we continue our Pacific Northwest tour. We, we go play Washington at Washington. Washington was better at this point. Not yeah. great. I mean, this was pre-Chris uh, Peterson. But they finished but, the year 7-6. and six. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. was a better... Uh, Jake Locker was the quarterback. He went on to be a first-round pick the, the following spring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that was a, a, a solid win. You know, a win that... I, I'll be honest, another game that I don't have much memory of how it went. Um, so I must have been preoccupied in the early part of October 2010. I don't know with what. But those two games are very lost in my consciousness well the game against the huskies was not boring but it was 21 7 at the half nobody scored in the third and then it was a field goal and a touchdown in the fourth and yeah yeah i mean you know just again feels like one of those games that happened and like i don't i guess as time goes on you know there's certain games like the wisconsin one i can vividly remember sitting on my couch and watching and agonizing mm-hmm. over and you know and i mean i guess 12 years later like your your mind only has so much space and some of these games are just lost to time for me mm-hmm. well here's but, a game that you'll win. probably yeah. remember because we the come we come back to play cal coming off yeah. a bye week third straight road game but a bye week in between right right steven three still in at quarterback at this time for part of the game for yeah. part of the game. Yeah. Shane Vereen opens the scoring. It's 10-3 at the end of one. It's 26-3 at the end of two. It's 40-10 at the end of three. And 50-17 to is your final. Yeah. And wasn't it 50-10? to We got a defensive touchdown late. Yeah. I believe, you know, a, a pretty much meaningless, well, not pretty much, but entirely meaningless yeah. defensive touchdown late. The final score of the game came on a fumble by backup quarterback Brock Manchin which was recovered by Brandon McGee and returned for a 26-yard okay. score. Okay, there you go. There you go. But as as uh, we alluded to, Stephen Three, 130 yards, two picks, and was replaced by, you guessed hurt. it, Samson Sakachi. Samson, yes. So he got hurt, apparently. I'm reading the very brief recap on the ASU website. And so this this begins the storyline that Stephen Three's injuries become a concern. Uh, I don't know, this doesn't say what the injury was, but I'm imagining this might have been the beginning of his concussion problems. But instead of going to Brock Osweiler, we go to Samson Sagachi, who at one point was a USC commit at a time when that mattered. (laughs) Yeah, it did. At quarterback, who wound up not going there and coming to ASU. And it turns out, and I mean this with all due respect, and as we all know from Ricky Bobby and Mr. Dennett, you can say whatever you want after you say, right. with all due respect. Right. His arm was bad. He was he good. could not Shot. throw. It was yeah. he something had happened, and he yeah. could not he throw. He had elbow problems, and he yeah. never recovered from them. 
So he came in, yeah. threw for 66 yards. Sun Devils didn't do much. Yeah. And so... So then you yeah, think, why don't we quit on the season? Why don't that? we... You think right here, why don't we quit on the season? Why don't we just roll up we the sidewalks? Now, okay, I got to point out one other thing about this embarrassing game at Cal that I kind of had forgotten. Our only two touchdowns were non-offensive. A blocked punt return by Oliver Aaron. That's a name from the past. And then the fumble return that we discussed late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So we, we also did miss a, a chippy 37-yard field goal at one point. To start the game, yes. Yeah. Yes, we were up 3 nothing on the first drive. And that was it. Uh, but, boy, got to tell you, looking at this Cal team, that's the players. Mm-hmm. Receivers were Keenan Allen and Marvin Jones, two guys still in the NFL. Giorgio Tabecchio was the kicker. Mm-hmm. He played the NFL. Shane Vereen played the NFL. Like not, well, ba- not I mean, backup game. backup running back was Justin Forsett. There you go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so that's a, that's a pretty solid team at that point. Uh, quarterback was Kevin Riley, who didn't go on to do much of anything. But uh, a, a good team. And, yeah, so it was an embarrassing loss. It was a loss that reminded you of the Dirk days when mm-hmm. we went into the state of California and, and many times were just completely non-competitive. Yeah. So then we get to come home. We get to play Washington State. Washington State is the worst team in the conference. It's terrible. Yes. Uh, and and we treat them as such. It was a get right game. It was a you know it was a nice little scrimmage. Stephen three, what a day! Probably his best day as an ASU quarterback, maybe as a college quarterback. Twenty six to thirty two, three hundred yards, three touchdowns, and here's the shocker: no interceptions. Mm hmm. And and that's how you get right ahead of playing the 2010 USC Trojans football team. Yeah, and which and this in was fact, not vintage USC. Well, bear in mind that at the end of one, it was seven nothing Sun Devils. So our defense had pitched five straight shutout quarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and so USC at this time is 24 in the country coming in. They are five and three. So this is not a great USC team. This is sophomore year, Matt Barkley. Uh, mm-hmm. This was Pete Carroll's last year, if I recall, wasn't it? He ended yeah. Up leaving after the year to go to the Seahawks. Yeah, just in time to avoid all of the penalties right. from the cheating he did. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and then here comes the bizarre again, because, yeah, we're up 7 nothing, and then this game, this game was a roller coaster and a half. So to break down the scoring, seven nothing after one, fourteen seven Trojans after two, twenty nine twenty one at the end of three, and then the final thirty four thirty three. Yeah. So with ASU, if you're scoring after halftime. Yeah. If ASU scoring, a, if if you're keeping track at home, USC scored five in the fourth quarter. In the fourth, yes, and we'll we'll discuss how they got five. So after halftime, we start at 14-7. Interception return by Super Bowl MVP Malcolm Smith. Maybe the most random Super Bowl MVP in history. Followed by a two-point conversion, which I'm trying to remember. They probably didn't go for two on purpose. I'm guessing that was maybe a, a muffed extra point that ended up being a two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. So they go up 22-7. We trade touchdown passes from there. Then they go up 29-21, and Laquan Lewis, 100-yard kickoff return to make it 29-21. Mm-hmm. That's the score at the end of three. Then we get Omar Bolden, interception return, 66 yards, 
to make it 29-27. We, we fail on our two-point conversion to tie the game. And then this is where it gets really crazy. We score a touchdown to go up by four. We get the extra point blocked. And they return at 98 yards for the defensive two-point conversion to get it to 33-31. Mm-hmm. The bizarre. So second time, you're keeping scores. Second time this year, a missed extra point basically costs us the game because we end up losing by one after they get a field goal. And then Thomas Weber misses a field goal on the very last drive that would have put us back ahead. Mm-hmm. This is a game I remember extremely well. Uh, like I said, some of these are out of my mind. This one, for some reason, I listened to the end on the radio. I don't know why, but I remember listening to it on the radio when they returned the two-point conversion, and then when we went on to miss the field goal to win the game. And, you know, it's the Dennis era, right? In the It really was. <laughs> it really was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you think about, so at this point, we're four and five, and we're missed extra points away from being six and three with big wins. About, go ahead. Go with, ahead. With big wins, big wins, with big wins, big wins. And, and well, that's where I was going to go. Like we, we could have easily beaten Oregon too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we, we could have easily been seven and two, even with the embarrassing cow loss and the fairly nondescript loss at Oregon state, we could have been having a really good season and instead we're four and five. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, Uh, Just a bizarre game, and I mean, to lose on a missed extra point, blocked extra point, return for two, how rare is that? And then a missed field goal, and that continued a theme of Thomas Weber's year. Mm -hmm. He was just not the same kicker anymore. This was his senior year, and he just just wasn't it. Yeah. So then, Stanford, number seven in the country at the time. Yeah, Andrew Luck, Jim Harbaugh. Richard Sherman, Toby Gerhardt. This is no, the Stanford. This is the Stanford era, though. This is yeah. This is great Stanford. They went to the Orange Bowl that year, won it, finished I think top five in the country. I mean, this was a really good team. This was Harbaugh's last year. He left mm-hmm. after the year to go to the 49ers. And we played them even through the half at seven apiece. We were leading by a field goal at the end of three. Yeah. But split veers, just like Novocaine, give it time. It always works. Well, give it time, it always works, but you remember what happened on that game-winning touchdown drive? I, I don't. What am I... If I, if I hint to you that, it ha- that, that the guy wore number seven and he played on defense... Did Vontez Perfect do something dumb? He had two 15-yard penalties in a row. On, on the game-winning touchdown drive. He had, I believe, a late hit that he protested and then got an unsportsmanlike conduct and gave him 30 yards of field position on that drive. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, uh, again, now we're, you know, so now we add that when they go down and score. Uh, I mean, we, we played them tough. I mean, you know, that was another game, very much like Wisconsin, very much like Oregon, where you, going in, you would have thought, this is going to be a blowout. You know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, just get run over. And instead we played them extremely tough. We should have won. Once again, it was a loss that you felt like you were the better team. And so now you're four and six feeling like you could easily be seven and three or eight and two with, with just a few breaks and a few, you know, sharper mental play 
going your way. Yeah, although isn't the whole Vontez Perfect experience that? Oh, for sure. I'm not making any excuses. This is this is not like me saying, you know, the, the gods were against us. I mean, in, in a couple of ways, it seemed like they were this year. Now, we kind of got paid back in the regular season finale that we'll talk about. Uh, you know, it did feel like we were cursed a little, but, yeah, we didn't help our cause. You know, and, and Vontez, yeah, exactly. I mean, that was uh, that was Vontez giveth, Vontez taketh away, because uh, he was really good that game, and we were great defensively against a team that, you know, was was really good. I mean, they had the number one pick in the draft. At quarterback, they had Doug Baldwin. Richard mm-hmm. Sherman was also playing receiver for them at that time. It was Oil's corner. Uh, Stephon Taylor was the running back. Earhart was gone. I misspoke there. But, I mean, this was this was a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we, we outplayed them, but we gave them the win. So then two games that, you know, figure out what to say i guess we we get ucla we win yeah we we go down 17 7 it's 21 20 by halftime asu's favor and and three gets hurt and brock osweiler and and here comes brock riding to the rescue with his with an amazing game four touchdowns the 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 game that made everyone look back at you know the oregon game and all the other times where three was turnover prone and think, eh, maybe this right. guy could have been the better option from yeah. the start. Yeah, because it was seventeen nothing, and and Brock comes in and throws three touchdown passes in the first half. We take the lead into halftime. Uh, he throws another one in the second half. I mean, he was he was really good. Now this was not a great UCLA team. They were four and seven or four and six coming in, but still, it was a a shot of life in a season that you know kind of appeared dead and gone and. Remember, I don't know if you recall, I, I do, um, the whole, you know, only one win could count from the FCS. We were, we were you know, we got a motion in with the NCAA to let us count both. Mm-hmm. So there was still that little bit of chance that if we finished six and six, they'd give us the go-ahead to make a bowl, which didn't end up happening. Yeah. But there was that feeling of like, hey, we, we could still make a bowl game here, maybe. Yeah. And, and look, this leads to sort of an uncontroversial controversy of who's going to start the territorial cup. Yeah. And which was then pretty much decided because I think three was unavailable to play. If I remember. Yeah. But you know, Erickson was, I think willing to go back to three. I think he probably would have, if he could have. Yeah. Yeah. I think Erickson yeah. always had more trust in three for whatever reason. Um, it was one of those that to the, to the fans, eye, it didn't make sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, if I, I mean, if I'm remembering right, the UCLA game was the last time three played football. I believe he, that's he true. Had another big concussion and ended up having to retire from football. Yeah. But so let's go to the Arizona game. The most confusing game of the most confusing season. <laughs> it was a, it was a fitting way to end a very weird year. So we go up. Six nothing at halftime on two field goals. Yeah, and and we should note this is a pretty good Arizona offense. Yeah, this was not a crappy Arizona team. Nick Foles was the quarterback. They I mean Arizona, Arizona bowl eligible already. Yeah, yeah, I mean this was a good team, and and, and so at home, again, you know our, our defense had potential. 
mean, you could see it this year. Like, there were games where our defense more than held their own against good offense. Yeah, well, you've got Perfect and McGee and yeah, I, I believe. Yeah, I mean, this was this was a good defense. And, you know, you saw it against Stanford. You saw it in the second half against Oregon, Wisconsin, uh, Arizona. I mean, you know, like, it was – and to shut them out in the first half was very impressive. But in the third, the Wildcats storm back two touchdowns. Yeah. ASU, nothing happening. Brock Osweiler can't get things going. He was struggling, yeah. For as good as he looked against UCLA, he did not play well in this Arizona game. So we're down 14-6 going into the fourth. ASU comes storming back. Two touchdowns. It's 20-14. to Yeah. But Arizona... Oh, those pesky Wildcats. March down. They score. They're an extra point away from winning the game at home. With with under 30 seconds to go. Yeah. I mean, the game is over. They score that touchdown. It's over. Yeah. I Look, Brock Osweiler, you know, the offense scored two touchdowns. That was it. That was all they did yeah. the whole day. Yeah. Well, and actually, hold on. The offense scored one touchdown. That was a touchdown and a two-point conversion and then two field goals to get to the 14 oh, points. I apologize. I apologize. Yeah, so we got a field goal, then a touchdown and two to go up 17-14, then another field goal with 2.59 to go. So Arizona, they just need the extra point. It's at home. It's it's where they practice this. Yeah. Blocked. Blocked. James Brooks. James Brooks contributing. Yeah. Gets Gets a big paw up there. And we go to overtime. First overtime, trade field goals. Yeah. Second overtime. ASU has the ball first. Touchdown. Extra point. We're up by seven. Arizona must score. Arizona does score. Yeah. Extra point. James Brooks again. James Brooks again, although this one was like almost kicked into the line. Like yeah. you and me maybe could have blocked it because it was terrible. Yeah. But James Brooks, But yeah. two yeah. extra point blocks for the win. I mean, you know, the symmetry on it was, you know, as we've discussed, we lost two games essentially on blocked extra points. We lost to Wisconsin. We lost to USC because of blocked extra points. And then we get two blocked extra points to beat Arizona. The The football gods paid us back mm-hmm. that night because we really, you know, talk about the games that when we've talked about them that we should have won and didn't win. We shouldn't have won this game. We were, you know, I mean, it, not like we were terribly outplayed, but. We were not the better team. We should have lost. And instead, somehow we won. We finished the year 6-6. Six and six. Yeah. On December About 3rd, right. we find out that the NCAA denies our bowl waiver request. Yeah. And the season ends. At 6-6. Six and six. Confusing. Right. You know, I mean, like, for the team we were, we talked, yeah, we could have been 9-3. and three. But we also probably could have been four and eight. Mm-hmm. So you know, as Bill Parcells is famous for saying, "You are what your record says you are." Six and six, probably about right for this season. Yeah. Everything just kind of moves on here, you know. Dennis is back. Noel Mazzoni's back. Maybe Noel Mazzoni's yeah. the heir apparent. Maybe he's the guy. There was enough hope at the end 
with the two wins at the end and the way that Brock played and you know, the, and so the over defense the of the offseason, three, you know, we find out he's not he's done. So Brock's clearly the quarterback. We had Cameron Marshall coming back who'd had a really good year. Uh but, you know, like there was there was enough hope coming back that and I don't know when we'll get to twenty eleven, maybe next week, maybe in a year. Um, but you know, twenty ten at least ended on a good enough note that you thought, all right, twenty eleven, the Pac ten was expanding to the Pac twelve. We were going to divisions. USC was get put on probation, and we were going to win that South division and go to the first ever title game. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen, as we know, but there was the feeling that good things were coming. We had to we had to ride out these three bad years with Dennis, but it was going to turn around. By God. 2011 Mm -hmm. yeah you know to be continued and to be left unfulfilled the nice thing when you talk about 2010 is it's a year that ended with hope whereas 2011 feels kind of like 2022 kind of like 2021 yeah 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 for sure i was i was thinking about that just a bit before we started talking and i was kind of going through the seasons and like what seasons would I look back and say are disappointments? 2010 wasn't a disappointment. 2010 was kind of, like I said, 2010 was just weird. I don't know how to characterize it. Uh, Mm -hmm. 2010 parallels to 2020 COVID season. Just a weird season. We won some games, lost some games. Felt hard to assess. Yeah. 2020 obviously is one that, gosh, I mean, it's the, the weirdest. Um, because of everything that went on outside football. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, 2010 is a hard one to pigeonhole. But, yeah, I would say uh, 2011 and 2021 are similar. Um, and, obviously, I you know, guess we don't want to talk too much 2011 now. We'll save that. We'll, we'll, put, a, we'll put a bookmark in that. But, yeah, uh, started with a lot of expectations. And about halfway through the year, felt like those expectations could be met. Mm-hmm. And then they weren't. Uh, a disastrous November doomed us um worse than 2021 2021 you know a disastrous half in salt lake city doomed us basically um Mm -hmm. it was a slower more dramatic death in 2011 yeah well we'll talk about that in the meantime there's an nba draft coming tomorrow night uh we've got the warriors as champions it's uh it's you know it's basketball's moment even i in the middle of baseball season, we'll acknowledge it's basketball's moment. Yeah, I'm anxious to watch the draft. It's always fun, as uh, as we've discussed a few times. It, you know, it's not it's not what it used to be. I don't think, but that's just the nature of the beast. Well, you got 24 uh, guys coming to the green room this year. How many? 24. Wow, jeez. So almost certain to have guys who don't get picked in the first round. Yeah, well, I from what I understand, there's a lot of uncertainty after 12. I, yeah, I hope all yeah. these guys get drafted because that would yeah, be. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, 24, I, yeah, you would hope they all get picked. But, yeah, that's not a guarantee. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious, you know, I'm curious to see where Chet Holmgren goes because uh, he was a, a unique talent in college and mm-hmm. I think very talented. But, boy, is he rail thin. Like, you know, he's one of those guys I want to see in like two years. See what he looks like and see what he what he does. He's a young um, Kevin Durant. I mean, I don't think he's going to be that good, <laughs> but I think he could be pretty darn good. A very good shot blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, he just he 
he's just got to get bigger and tougher. No, no question about that. But, uh, you know, curious him. I mean, I, you know, as a Spurs fan, they have three first round picks. I'm curious who they come away with, uh, got a top 10 pick, you know, I don't love that they have a top 10 pick because it means they weren't very good, but, um, you know, see what they do with that, who they land. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be a fun night. Maybe some, maybe some veterans on the move and, as we get ready for, you know, NBA offseason, which is where, you know, is Kyrie going to be on the move? Is Harden going to be on the move again? And what happens with Westbrook? You know, all kinds of intrigue. Yeah. It's all very exciting. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, they, you know, the NBA has become the, the, the sport more than any that it's, you know, it's about the transaction as much as it's about the action. Yeah. And we're entering transaction season. Yeah. Well, my, I mean, my favorite news break so far was Wall to exercise $44 million uh, yeah. option. It's like, eh, probably a good call. Uh, yeah, yeah. How long has it been since he played basketball? Two years now? I think so, yeah. That's insane. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Like this, uh, you know, I you, don't know. You know who's uh, applauding that? Keith Van Horn. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's there's got to be something done I, I i don't know what it is i don't know what that something is but this next you know labor agreement they've, they've got to figure something out about this you know both the ben simmons approach to things uh, you know i'm just gonna basically sit out the year uh and then i mean wall's not choosing to sit out so mm-hmm. to be fair to him the rockets told him you know go away basically mm-hmm. but still like that there's no way you can argue that's good for business when you're when you know when it's like oh this guy makes forty seven million dollars and his team is telling him they don't want to play, something's foul mm-hmm. with with that setup. I agree. I don't know what you do to fix it. If I was smart enough, I would you know I call Adam Silver and tell him I'm not smart enough. But but you got to do something to try to address that. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. We'll talk about it. Maybe we'll have a solution by this time next week. Possibly. <laughs> Probably not though. Probably not. Yeah. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's Ben, Matt Sportscast.